Praise God. So thankful for the special touch that we feel here tonight. How many feel a special touch? Special touch. I um, knew beforehand that I was bringing my two little two little hound pups with me, and so I tried to. map out before I got here spent a lot of time in prayer and preparation and tried to map out kind of what I was going to do because I didn't know how much I was going to be distracted with them but you can't put God in a box you can't put him in a box And so this afternoon, this evening, um, in fact, it happened while we were having some fellowship today. Something just went through my spirit. I couldn't wait to get back to the room. I just want some of you young people to know that Jesus loves you a whole bunch. And I'm going to try to bear my soul. I really don't know how far we'll go. I'm really, I just don't know. Because I feel the witness to this word already here. And um, different's good. This is going to be a a different meeting, a different camp. And I hope that's okay with you. I'm sure we'll have our share of shouting and dancing and I, but I'm, I'm like Brother Bass. I, I want to plumb into this because it's deep. It's deep. And we set sail last night, and I appreciate your response and, and um, the willingness just to flow. And so without further ado, let's go to the word of the Lord, John chapter number 20. It's in here thick. I, it's, it's, I could just find somewhere and forget about the world right now. It's in here thick. John chapter 20 and verse number 21, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see in his hands the print of nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, 
stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. Thomas answered and said unto him, And I believe it was with a great sigh of relief. My Lord and my God. This is the phrase that ran through my spirit and I want to preach it tonight. He came back just for me. He came back just for me. And you that are soaring with the eagles and you're not in a struggle tonight, I'm, I'm glad and I'm thankful and I'm glad God knows how to balance all that out. And I hope to God, I don't know, I hope that the biggest percentage of you tonight that I'm not necessarily directly preaching to you. I don't know what the percentages are. But just remember, Jesus, the good shepherd, was willing to leave the safety of the 99 and go looking for the one that had strayed. We're all made up different. We all have different natures. It's kind of hard for me to completely get my mind around this because I'm more of the type of person that I'm it's, it's easier for me just to accept things just because a little more tender um, sensitive depends on who you talk to they might say super sensitive it, very few places in my 31 years of living I can remember where I got hard but not everybody's like me not everybody just has the ability to believe because somebody else said. Let's be real. There's analytical thinkers in this place. We, there, there's people here tonight. We can, we can pull the covers over our head and ignore it but there are people here tonight that wrestle with the voice of reason they're not made up of the same thing that you're made up you may have never struggled with doctrine you may have never struggled with what the pastor said but we have to come to grips with the fact that there's some people that have a nature and that that nature has a tendency to be a nature of disbelief it's harder to convince some people. Before I pray and let you be seated, I want to say this. I think Thomas gets a bad rap. I think he gets a bad rap. If you would, put your Bibles down, throw your hands in the air, and I want you to lift your voice, young people, moms and dads, pastors, leaders, camp staff. Lift your voice and ask the Holy Ghost to help me and help your kids. And something monumental could happen in this house.
tonight. God, if it takes 15 minutes or 45, I don't care. Just help me to articulate. the beat of your heart tonight I pray you help somebody before we leave this house would someone just raise your hands one more time and thank him in advance I thank you Jesus for what you're fixing to do I thank you for what you're going to nail down I thank you for the question marks you're going to turn into exclamation marks I thank you for the peace that's coming Hallelujah. I thank thank you for the confusion that's going to be destroyed tonight before we leave this house. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. It's an order. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to just lift your voice. Mix the two. He loves it. He loves it. Will you open your heart to Brother Marks tonight? You don't have to be afraid. You may not know me, but I need you to open your heart. You can be seated. Undoubtedly, it was someone that held the black book in their hand that knew the end of the story. That had read from its pages the triumph of a resurrection the triumph of a veil being rent the triumph of his spirit being poured out on the day of Pentecost apparently I, I believe very strongly it was someone that had access to this to ever be able to name the day of his death Good Friday had to be somebody we can look back in retrospect tonight 2012 we can look back and understand that it was a good Friday. It was a good day. It was the beginning of the process of our redemption. It was a good day. But young people tonight, if you will allow me to start from this place as a launching point, While we may be able to look back and having read the end of the story and having his spirit within us tonight, looking back, we might be able to say in the midst of all of it and all of its ugliness and the betrayal, it was a good day. But I would like to tell you tonight that it was not a good Friday for his followers. It was not a good day. They did not have the privilege... As of yet, to have read the end of the story. 
They had not lived long enough yet to see it unfold. It was everything but a good day. It was everything but a day that they embraced, celebrated, and understood in its totality. It was a day of emotional, traumatic disaster. Mentally, emotionally, even the toll physically. You have to understand that these people had given their lives. They had given vocations. They had walked away from security. They had walked away from families. They had been labeled and marked by society. If I could say it this way, in some circles there was a price on their hide. They were hated for their decision to follow him. They were hated for their stands. They, they, they were hated for their message, if I could say it like that. They, they were hated for believing and not only believing but propagating the message of this man that some said was nothing more than a heretic and a false prophet. It cost them something. It cost them a lot. Those three and a half years, they had, time had rocked on. The vocations had moved on. Ah, the businesses that they had walked away with, those positions had been filled by other people. It was everything but a good day. The day that they beheld the beating, the day that they witnessed the crucifixion, whether it was from afar or up close, it was traumatic. It was emotionally, it was d disastrous. And in one sense, he had tried to prepare them. He had walked them, or at least tried in the last three and a half years around the peripheral of what was about to happen. In fact, three times he stopped. Once he left Galilee on his way, his face was set on that pending crucifixion. He stops three times trying to prepare them. I'm fixing to die. But they didn't want, they didn't want to hear that. In fact, they could not hear the ending of the story for rebuking him uh, for the fact that he was going to be crucified. He tried to prep them. He knew how disastrous him dying was going to be on them. But he tried to tell them, they're going to destroy this temple. But three days, and three days, I'm going to raise it up. But they didn't hear that. As many hints as he threw out there, as many strong suggestions as, 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 as he threw out there trying to get them to understand. Understand, I'm going to die, but this is not the end of the story. You've got to understand that that day when it finally happened, and that crucifixion was no longer pending, but it was complete. It was everything but a good Friday. I want you to understand, they viewed and seen it as Jesus had died on them. He died on them. It's amazing how quick things can change. It's amazing one day how things can change. 
It's amazing how a church split, a divorce, a fallen leader. It's amazing moving from middle school to high school. It's, it's amazing how much can change in that three-month, five-month period between the time that you walk across the stage and a diploma is placed in your hands and then you have made the decision to further your education which is almost absolutely pertinent in the society that you and I live in and unprepared and uh, really not knowing what is waiting for you around the corner. It's amazing how much can change from that nice little Christian school that you went to all of your life and now whether part of those classes are online now whether you're going to most of those classes on campus you don't even have to live there just walking on those grounds it's amazing how quick things can change it's amazing how things that you thought were so solid can become so shifty it's amazing how the foundation seemingly can change overnight from rock to sand. It's, 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 it's amazing. It's, it's amazing to me. I can preach this to you because I have, I have walked myself through these seasons when the world comes crashing in. I, I, I can remember how it made me feel when I began to first have to fight for faith, my personal self. I can remember, I, I, I can remember the age I can remember where I was at. I have a very vivid memory of the first times uh, that I began to wonder, is, is this who I want to be? Is, 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 is this right? Is this real? Is this, is this just hype? Is this just emotion? I, I wish that I could tell you that I was one of those people that never wavered. I wish that I could tell you that I, I was one of those young people that never wondered. There there, there were seasons of wonder. There, there were times that I was afraid for my life. I was scared to death. I didn't want to question. I didn't want to be rebellious. I didn't want to think the preacher was old-fashioned. I didn't want. I didn't want to entertain the thoughts if I really wanted to live this for the rest of my life. But it was a reality. It was. It was something real that I had to face. It would probably surprise most of us if we knew the percentages of uh, the percentage of young people in this camp that are living in this place right now for God to put this on my spirit this evening lets me know that I'm preaching to more than one or two it has it has more to do than with how great a preacher your pastor is we thank God for our leaders come on now we thank God for the men of God in our lives it has more to do than with how holy that they live and how much that we love them. I want you to understand that in every person's life, it moves from that for those formidable years of being shaped parentally and then being shaped pastorally. And somewhere, every one of us, it's going to come to a place that it's got to become personal. You cannot live this life. You will never last living this life trying to survive on inherited faith you better hear this preacher right now 
Inherited faith will not get you through storms. Inherited faith will not carry you through very long. It's a thin veneer. It's a shaky place. Somewhere you have to move away from what has been done parentally and pastorally. And you have to decide for yourself, this is my God. Somewhere it has to become personal. Somewhere you have to pray because you know it's your only way of survival. And you pray out of relationship. You're not praying because someone told you it's what's right. You're not praying because someone's browbeating you. You're not even praying anymore because you know what is, you know that it's expected from you out of your leaders. But I'm talking about when something shifts. I've come to preach to this youth camp tonight. That the story of the prodigal son is really not about the backslider. No, no, it's it's morphed in my mind to something much deeper in the last 12 months. I believe that that prodigal son is every one of us. Every one of us face that time in life where we have to make up in our mind. Is this where I belong? Is this my house? Is he my daddy? Do I want to live? like this do I want to eat from this table I hope I can save some of you from some scars I hope before I get finished tonight I can save some of you from some bad decisions you don't have to go all the way to the pig pen if you're playing in the ditch before we leave this meeting tonight in the ditch God wants to come to you and something happen for you that you know this is my truth this is my gospel this is my life this is my way this is my God it's gotta happen it's gotta happen I don't know where you're at tonight you may be in the front yard you may be in the ditch you may be dodging cars in the middle of the road you may have made it to the ditch on the other side of the road you may be wandering a field somewhere but I'm telling you you don't have to have an illegitimate child you don't have to get tatted up and pierced up you don't have to go that way you don't have to dabble with drugs you don't have to dabble with alcohol to get your mind made up God said I've come back just for you I want to do something so powerful for you tonight that you never doubt again somebody raise your voice come on raise your voice and shout to him right now that's too quiet do it again cry out cry out to him You don't have to have a baby on your hip and a young man who's impregnated you that's run off that wants nothing to do with a baby to convince you that you need a heavenly father and you need a church and you need holiness come on young man you don't have to run into the world and find out what the clubs are all about and what drugs are all about for you to finally wake up and realize that's my house that's my daddy that's my table 
No. Jesus said, if I can, I want to come to you on Wednesday night in such a way that you get out of the ditch and you get back in daddy's house. Pressures are mounting. Acidic attitudes are starting to boil. Judas has made his choices and spilled his guts and committed suicide. Peter, water walker. Peter Waterwalker eventually will deny that he will ever deny and then to face the day that the rooster, his ears are filled with a crow of the cock. Pressures are mounting. These guys are afraid for their life. You can say what you want to say, but they're starting to question. Is this the way I want to live? They're dealing with feelings and thoughts like this. I've given my life like this for all these years and then this. He's died on me. What do you mean, Brother Marks? He's died on me. Hadn't felt him in six months. Hadn't been able to weep in a year. It's been six months since I've talked in tongues. He's died. He's dead. I can't feel him. I go through the motions, but Brother Marks, I'm to the point that I don't want to be hypocritical. And so I'm still going to church, but really, really on the inside. I'm not going to church anymore because... I hopped and I danced and I shouted. And I tried to dance and shout and hop through it, but really I can't feel anything. And nobody wants, I understand it's not all about the feeling, but nobody wants to keep going through this and living like we live without a feeling every once in a while. He disappears on me. Stuff's going on in my family. Mom and dad split up trying to come to church on my own. No family in the church, no support group, nobody to get me up on Sunday morning. I get myself up. That gets old after a while. You start looking at the sacrifices that you've made. You start looking at the stands that you've made. You start looking at the separation you've lived for so long. And you, then you're looking at what's happening and what's going on and how dry you are and how hurt you are. I'm talking to some young people that have been wounded, that are bleeding. The Bible says that they hiding behind closed doors. They got them locked up. And they're discussing the future. What are we going to do? I'm, I'm talking in your vernacular. I'm trying to parallel it so you can understand. Do we stay or do we backslide? Do we keep listening to the pastor? 
I'll tell you how I feel. I don't feel full-blown rebellion. It may be here tonight, but I'm not here to deal with full-blown rebellion. But I'm dealing with some young people that you don't really want to backslide. You're just living in a fog. And you'll pull pants on eventually and you'll cut your hair and you'll smear makeup on your face and you'll pierce and tat yourself up. But really, that's not what you want to do. Just doesn't add up. You're questioning everything. Maybe not everything. Maybe it's just a question here or a question there. and You can't get any answers. And you've tried to talk to people, but nothing they say makes any sense. And you've built up walls and you've padded those walls and those doors with heavy locks and chains. And, and you've isolated yourself and, and you, you've become hard and you're counting the cost and you're weighing your options. You went ahead and come to this camp, but you're weighing your options. You're searching out, you're plotting, you're planning. What am I going to do? Where am I going to turn? In fact, I'm preaching to some young person in this place that even, even before you came to this camp, other options and other paths and other doors begin to open. And somewhere you became acquainted with somebody and somewhere online you connected with somebody and, and, it, and, and, it, and, and you're, you come to this meeting with serious weighty considerations. Will I do this or will I? Do that. And the walls are high and your pastor's wife is concerned, but she feels like she can't get to you. And no matter how hard your pastor preaches, the walls are so high that he doesn't seem like his preaching will penetrate. He can't get over. He can't get. You won't let anybody in. You've, you've clammed up. You're not talking to your mom and dad. You're not talking to friends. You've isolated yourself. Not because you want to go to hell. Not because you want to be rebellious. Not because you want to act like the world. You're just messed up in your head. Faith has been scrambled. Guys, I'm sorry. But I'm thankful Jesus doesn't just show up to pray in people. And you come to this camp and you said, I'm going because I registered. I'm going because my parents made me go. I'm going because they encouraged. I'm not here because I want to be here. Because I'm messed up. I'm confused. I don't know what I believe. And you feel like you're far from unholy. In fact, maybe you've already made some decisions and you're bearing the guilt and the condemnation. I want to tell you something. I'm thankful that Jesus doesn't just show up for the people that are holy. I'm thankful that Jesus doesn't just show up for the people who've got it all together. I'm thankful that Jesus doesn't just show up for the people that are always on the mountaintop. He said, you go tell them kids and you tell them loud and clear. They may feel condemnation. They may feel guilt. The only thing that may keep some of you 
glued in right now is because you don't want to disappoint your parents. You don't want to disappoint your pastor. And you're confused. You backslid. You came just because you had to come. You came because there was nothing else to do. You didn't really come with a lot of hope that anything was going to happen. Because, because you don't feel like that God will do anything for somebody that's in the mess that you're in. And somebody that's in the predicament that you're in. But I've got news for you. Jesus is not afraid of your questions. Jesus is not afraid of your confusion. Jesus. And he's been showing up in your local church. And you've been there physically in body, but in spirit you hadn't been there. And it was powerful for everybody else. People shouting behind you, people shouting in front of you. Everybody coming to you trying to get you to pray. God, I feel this tonight. People trying to talk to you. Come on, Thomas, look, 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 look. Can't you feel him? Can't you? Can't you see? Can't you? How many services have you already walked out of? How many times has your pastor preached with a burden? How many times has a visiting preacher come through and articulated it? How many times has men that didn't even know you came in and put their finger on it and confirmed what your pastor's already preached? He's trying to show up. He's trying to get in beyond the walls. But you're not even there. So they start trying to prod him and drag him to the altar, shake him, palm him. I'm talking in your vernacular. Pulling and prying him. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas gets a bad rap. Why is he called Doubting Thomas? The other ten were just as scared as he was. Just because he decided to deal with it a little bit differently than they dealt with it. I think, I think too many times, well, I'll rephrase that, I think we've lost people. I think we've lost good people. I think we've lost good young people. Because we've had the kind of attitude that, well, what's wrong with you? We've not made enough room around the feet of Jesus for people who are having faith struggles. We've called them backslid when in reality they weren't backslid. They were still struggling and they were still there. But we've created such an air of, you can't question anything. We've created such an air of that that when our kids start questioning things, they say, well, I can't question anything. Instead of staying and wrestling with the questions because of that air, it drives them over the edge.
I mean, Thomas, for the rap, the bad rap that he got, he was the man that when Jesus finally decided to go resurrect Lazarus, Thomas was the man that spoke up and said, if you're going, you know, Bethany right now is not a good place for you to be. And if you're going, they're going to kill you. And if they kill you, they're going to kill me too, because I'm going with you. I'm not talking to young people who've always struggled. I'm talking to young people that's had it together in the past. And that's why you're dealing with so much condemnation because there was a day that your faith. Let me tell you something. The presence of questions is not the absence of faith. Faith is not inherited. You can't give faith. You can't transmit faith. Real faith is formed and it's a process. And it takes time. And true, deep, solid, tangible, carrying through faith comes not from what you've seen God do. But it comes from what you've seen God walk with you through. That's where real faith comes from. I know He loves me and I know He loves me not by what He's done for me. I know He loves me because I know better than anybody else the times that He stuck with me. When I was far from being completely right. So. Thomas wasn't being bad. He just said. And I don't know where Jesus was at. When he said it. Maybe my imagination's too big. But I think as soon as Thomas opened his mouth. I think Jesus froze. Thomas said, boys, I hear what you're saying. But unless I feel. For myself. Jesus looks and he hears. And he said, Thomas, I've already come once. And you missed it. You let the bitterness, you let the questions drive you to doing all kinds of things. And I showed up and I spoke peace to the other ten and you weren't there. Thomas, I love you so much. I'll come back just for you. If all you want to do is feel, if all you want to do is see, if all you want to do is put your hands on me, I'm not afraid of you putting your hands on me. I'm not afraid of you handling me. He came back just for Tell you what, Thomas, 
I see the walls you're hidden behind. I see the chains and the padlocks. I see the bitterness and the hardness. I see the questions. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll move right through your walls. Thomas, when I get ready to let you handle me, your chains are not going to keep me out. Some of you said, if I could just feel him one more time, if I could just talk in tongues one more time, if I could just get my hands on him one more time, if I could just have one of those painful experiences, Brother Bass, one more time, if I could just weep one more time, if that preacher just, I missed it last time, I missed it three months ago, don't take it past personal pastor, but if, if I could just get one more message that I felt like was directed towards me. And Jesus said, oh, when I get ready to let you handle me, I'm not afraid of the chains and the walls. I see them. But they won't keep me out. And I'm talking to some kids. And there's validity to some of your struggles. And there's validity to some of your bitterness. And there's validity to some of your questions. Some of the stuff that's gone on in your home. Some of the things your mothers and fathers have done and haven't done. There's some validity to it. And you build high walls. But Jesus wants you to know, scared to death behind your high walls. Scared to death behind the padded locks and chains. That when I get ready to let you handle me, when I come back just for you, I'll go through the walls. I'll surpass the chains. Come here, Rally. Come here. I'll tell you what this camp's about. This camp's is about... At least about tonight. Wait, wait, let me back up. Let me back up. When he gets through the walls. And he gets past the chains. He says, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Peace. Be under you. I'm talking to some young people. Your hair looks pretty. Your dress is the right length. You got a good haircut. You sing in the choir. But beyond the haircut and the nice dress and the new hairdo, there's fear. Scared to death. I'm talking about some kids that are on the brink of backsliding. And it's not because you want to backslide. You just don't know. You've even said, and Jesus heard you say it. You said it out of frustration. I don't want to just live like this because my parents live like this. And when you said that, his ears perked up. He said, okay, Wednesday night on a hot June night. If that's how you feel, I'm coming past the walls. I'm coming past the chains. You don't have to fear anymore. 
as I tried to pray, I couldn't push it. You call it, I call it a vision, but if that makes you uncomfortable, visual, whatever. But I kept seeing a young lady standing in the mirror. Your hair's done nothing but frustrate you the last three months. And I've seen the redness in your face and the anger and the contemplation. Is there really even anything to it? Tell you what, I'm going to do an encore. You missed it. But I'm coming back just for you. And all if all you want to do is handle me, I'll let you handle me to keep you from handling that. Because you handle that and it'll hurt you. You handle this and I'll heal you. You handle that and it'll destroy you. You handle this and I'll put you back together. I'm not scared of your walls. I'm not scared of your chains. All I'm here for tonight is to set up a little meeting. You want to handle me? I don't want you to leave Legacy 2012 with questions, unsettledness, emotional mental disruption. I don't want you to have to go back to that college campus and face the deceptive delusional spirits that you're facing without something to lean on. You want to handle me? Here. See, see, I am, I am, look, I am who I said that I was. Here, look, look, Thomas, see him. Don't be unbelieving anymore. Don't be faithless. Taste and see. Handle me. Handle me. You don't have to leave this conference with condemnation and afraid of disappointing your pastor. You don't have to leave this conference wondering if Jesus' name baptism is really essential to salvation. You don't have to leave here struggling on the inside with your pastor's stand against participating in organized sports. Don't get tripped up on something so small like that. Just handle me. And if you'll handle me, I'll handle this. And I see the tears well up in his eyes and I see the man who's been hard become broken 
It is. It is pierced. It is you. You are alive. You are real. It, it's you. It's... Yes. Yes. And the rigidity. It's... It starts, the edges start to soften. And all of a sudden, he's at a loss for words. And all he can say is, mine. He's mine. He's not just Peter's. John, it's easy for John to believe. He's one of those tender guys that lays on his breast. He's one of those guys always talking in tongues. He's one of those guys that's always crying. He's one of those guys that's always in the prayer room. But he's not just John's God. He's mine. He's mine. He's mine. He came back for me. He came. I prayed. I prayed more quiet than anybody in the prayer room. I was more hesitant than anybody. I was even resistant at times. I was shy. But he came back for me. I mean, I can believe he came back for Peter. I can believe. My Lord and my God. Brother Telly, my mind works funny sometimes. But I'd like to ask Thomas tonight. You were there in the upper room. I'd like to ask Mary. I don't know if your mind works like this, but Mary, you were in that upper room. You coddled him as a baby. You held him skin against skin in your arms. Tell me, Mary. Which one was greater? Was it greater when you held him, when he ran in and he'd fallen and scraped his arms and hear mama kiss it and make it better and you held that little boy? Or Mary, was it better when you stood there and you started talking in tongues for the first time and you said, there you are. I thought you died on me. Tell me, Thomas, how does it compare? No fair. I would trade anything from my Holy Ghost experience, but no fair. He did it. Just. And I got to doing some research. And I found 
that not scarcely, but all over the place, in the archives of history, as far as revival in India. They go back and they say, our father was Thomas. God took a mess and made a missionary. He took a doubter and made a disciple. You think that cat had a testimony? You think he ever told anybody I was more hard-headed than anybody else in the bunch? What do you think he told him? I know what he told him. He looked at him and said, but he came back for me. I didn't deserve it. I started missing church. I got out of the choir. Pastor set me down because I was cold. But he came back for me. He's not afraid of your questions. He's here tonight and he's wanting you to handle him. You don't have to leave here wondering. You don't have to leave here afraid. You don't have to leave. He wants so bad to be a part of the decisions you're fixing to make. Come to the keyboard, I'm done. He wants so bad to be a part of some of the greatest years of your life. Don't choose a mate by yourself. He wants to be a part of that process. Brother Bass, when you said it, about exploded in my spirit. God may call somebody to preach tonight. You say, Brother Marks, there's questions in this place. I'm telling you, I don't, I, I don't feel the weightiness of the questions. If I could articulate what I feel, I feel the call of God in this house. Thomas, I have plans for you. Feel and feel good. Get your cup full. Handle me all you want to handle me because I'm fixing to use you to turn India upside down.
You don't make decisions according to questions. You make decisions according to answers. You don't make decisions according to feelings. You make decisions according to facts. You can't make the next move. Until you take him by the hand. I tell you how hard it is for people to walk with God. This is how hard it is for people to truly walk with God. When somebody finally figures it out. God's so overwhelmed by it. He says, sorry family. Sorry wife. Sorry kids. I gotta have him. That's the only reason he took Enoch out of there. Just walk with God. That's how against the grain of the flesh it is. To learn to just handle him. Let him handle you. Walk with him. I'll tell you what the will of God is. The will of God is for something to happen tonight. You leave this meeting and it's not Bass's God, it's not Holt's God, it's not Townley's God, it's not Rowley's God. My God and my Lord. I mean, just the fact that he said, my God lets me know that it was a moment of more than just I'm his and he's mine. But it's it's revelatory in the sense of he is the mighty God in Christ. He's not just a man. He's God. you think what you want to think that scrambles my brain that the God of the universe would put his focus on this service right now and say was driving at when he said when I consider the moon and the stars and the heavens the handiwork what is man that thou art mindful of him the son of man that thou would visit him You need assurance, don't be shy. 
You need assurance? Don't feel condemnation. You need peace? Don't feel guilt. Don't worry about, well, I don't, I, I, some of you wanted to get up 10 minutes ago. You're scared to death to get up because you're worried about what everybody else, well, I wonder what they're questioning. I wonder what they're struggling with. Wonder what, wonder what they got doubts about. Big deal what everybody else thinks. You think, you think, you know, you think Thomas was worried about John and Peter and, no, he realized this is my moment. You guys say what you want to say, do what you want to do. I'm going to handle him. I've missed too many chances. You're not backslidden just because you're struggling. No, you're in, you're in a place where you, if you keep struggling... We've called quitters strugglers. No, there's a big difference between quitting and struggling. We've put a bad taste in people's mouth for the word struggle. I'm fine with people who are struggling. People who are struggling, they're still hanging on. There's room for people in the house of God who are struggling. Brother Marks, I just don't deserve it. If you knew the stuff, I, I, I'm done. But I, I'm, 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 I got a hard case. I'm dealing. I've got a hard-headed Thomas. I'm dealing with. You don't know what I've contemplated. I, I, I feel so much guilt to even handle him. If you knew the stuff I've thought, if you knew the plans I've had, if you knew what I almost did last week, if you knew what I've already done. not worried about that I came back for you somebody needs to run if it was me and he was going to let me handle me handle him and he was going to take the fear and the questions and the worry and I really didn't want to backslide and it really wasn't that rebellion it was just I was struggling if that was me and I was sitting in this camp I need one who's bold enough to break the ice. Because there's more than one. I'd run. I'd, I'd climb over chairs. I'd move people out of the way. If God was going to give me an experience that was going to wipe away questions. If God was going to let me handle him in such a way that I never doubted again. I'd run. If God was going to give me a spiritual epiphany that was going to nail it down for the rest of my life. You couldn't hold me in my pew. You get down here, get your mouth open, and you get to crying out to God. You're fixing to feel Him in a way you hadn't felt Him in a long time. You're fixing to talk in tongues for the first time in a long time. Something, there's peace coming into your spirit. Come on, when you get down here, young man, don't clam up. Don't clam up. Open your heart and cry out to Him. Parents, staff, preachers. Preachers, wives, I need you to help me tonight. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay, honey. I'm 
talking to some of you girls right now. You're scared out of your mind. You've got so much fear in your spirit. You're battling and struggling. You're going to be okay when you get through handling him. When you get through handling him.